We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto-Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses in week six. So download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com, J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com and use the promo code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. So welcome to the show. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed. Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. Joined by the man behind the dials, the numbers at the Advanced Sports Analytics, Stuart Gibson, as well as making his return, occasionally graces us with his presence. It's Brandon Adams, who uh, who was bemoting the fact uh, before, uh, before the show that uh, out, outside of a, a nice showdown win, uh, this year has not not been the, the the best for you. Yeah, that's true. Through uh, through five weeks, um, my Sunday ROIs have not been impressive. My tournaments have had a lot of minus negative eighty percent, minus ninety percent type ROIs. But that that showdown slate did get all, almost all of it back. It was nice. It's like in poker, you don't want to have the fifth, the seventh, the eighth. And then the no caches, you want like no cash, no cash, no cash first. It was, uh, that was, that was the first. Um, and I don't, I don't mind that, but uh, I want to turn it around on Sundays. It's been, it's been brutal to have pretty good lineups that just get demolished from an ROI standpoint. Right. I call them the steak knives, right? Have you ever seen Glen Gary, Glenn Ross? Right? Yeah. Sales challenge, you know, first place is a Cadillac. Second place. Set of steak knives, third place, you're fired. You know, like I view, I view GPP payouts very similarly where you go through an entire season. It's like, I, I, I'm getting sevenths, elevenths, fifths. And then you look at the end of the year, like this is what happened to me in baseball on, especially at FanDuel, where I have like 14 top 20 finishes and like nine in the top 10. And I'm negative on the year because like I have one second and then nothing and then nothing in the top five. And it's like, like every week that that must have, I, th- I think we've had a lot of weeks these past five weeks where there's been a must have player. Like I like, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I like the slakes where there are multiple paths to first, like maybe, maybe there's six guys that score over 30, 35 points, but you just need to have like three of them, right? Cause you could fit three of them. But when you have like Derrick Henry puts up 50, Tyreek Hill puts up 50, you know, something like that, a tight end, 
that, you know, that's 12% owned that you don't have enough of puts up, you know, 28. Like you're sitting there going like, you know, that like 96% of your lineups are dead to first. And you hope that the 4% get there and they just don't get there enough. Don't you prefer, Brandon, don't you prefer the weeks where like, oh, there's five running backs that score 25 points. So it's like, as long as I have two of them, I'm good. But you don't want to have the one where it's like, if you don't have the 42 point scoring running, if you don't have Cordell Patterson, like you're done. You're like, you're, you can't win first place like that. I, I agree with you hundred percent, but we can say there's one good thing, Blender, which is there hasn't been a week of a must-have defense. Those are the most frustrating weeks. I think the Bills, I, I mean, yeah. But I yeah think Bills put up, what, 19 one, one week? That's, there, there have been weeks where the a defense puts up, like, 26, and then you, ha you have the must-have defense, and those, those, I think, are very frustrating. Hasn't, hasn't really been one of those. The Bills they were an expensive defense and then 19 is uh, attainable. Um, but also while we're sort of reflecting on bad beats, we both shared the bad beat on the uh, slate and showdown slate where he dropped the pass. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was a painful, that was a painful drop, but let's, let's get to it. It's all going to change this weekend. Right. It has to change this weekend. We got, uh, well, it, it's very similar to last week. We got less games on the slate, obviously, because the Island games, the London game, bye weeks. So there's 10 games on the slate. There's three with a total 50 or above. There's one that opened over 50 that's now under 50. Uh, but we'll, we'll cover we'll cover those games and talk about maybe some other games that are on the slate. Uh, but these are the games that are, to, for game stacking purposes, you tend to target the most. So let's start with uh, the Chiefs at the Washington football team. 55 and a half point total. It's uh, three points higher than any other game. The Chiefs have a 31 implied total, the highest on the slate. They're a six and a half point favorite over the Washington football team who has a healthy 24 and a half total. Uh, if we take a look at this game, Stuart, uh, this is going to be, uh, unlike a lot of slates that we've had, you know, 12, 13, 14 game slates where the cost prohibitiveness of the Chiefs like makes them not as popular as as maybe they should be. I mean, you always get you go you always get ownership on Hill, you always get ownership on Kelsey, you get ownership on Mahomes, but not like as a group together. And especially with the runbacks on the other side, it, it becomes a very expensive lineup. This week is not one of those weeks with uh, Kelsey uh, at only seven K at tight end. Uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill is expensive at eighty five hundred. Uh, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out. So this $4,900 Daryl Williams uh, should be a bit popular. I, I question the ceiling there. And then the runbacks, you got Terry McLaurin. You got Ricky Seals-Jones as a punt tight end. I think both quarterbacks in the game are going to be top four owned on the slate. I think people are going to get sneaky and go, well, I'm not going to play it the Mahomes way. I'm going to play it the Heineke way. So, Stuart, based on uh, your preliminary runs, I know it's it's only Thursday. So, you know, things are being, you know, the news is coming in and everything. Uh, do you think that the ownership is is worth the highest total game on the slate, on a, on a slate where we, we don't have as many games as we normally have? Yeah, I mean, last week, I think my stance was to attack that game uh, that worked out terribly with you know i had a, a ton of like dak schultz lamb dak schultz cooper type stuff last week well, uh if you had the my, giants you had injured players in your life yeah right of <laughs> course well yeah and of course bring it back where you had i mean i had so much evan ingram just <laughs> but he didn't get injured at least but he, no 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 i know he's no. i mean at least, if you have daniel jones stacks i mean you did better than my, those lineups <laughs> I mean, at least at least Barkley and Galladay have, you know, excuses. Ingram's out there, you know. Uh, anyways, um, I, my, my inclination would be to be underweight the uh, the the quarterback kind of component of, of this game. Uh, like you said, you know, usually Mahomes doesn't soak up a ton of ownership, uh, just given the larger slates or kind of more high total games. Uh, my, my lean would be to go with something like, and I, I know you, you kind of questioned the ceiling of Daryl Williams. Uh, I just think like at his price, uh, it's not like you need a massive, massive, uh, you know, 
ceiling performance for him to like, like, I think the, the necessary ceiling for him at, at that price point is achievable. So my, my, uh, I think my preliminary runs are showing a heavy, heavy uh, favoritism towards going something like Williams, McLaurin, uh, Williams, Seals, Jones, uh, maybe even, you know, attacking from like, you could go Hill, um, Hill McLaurin, um, but yeah, I think my my preference would be to go Williams, just given uh, the good price. Uh, we're expecting a pretty good role for him. Uh, has has rush, you know, rushing in, pass catching equity. Um, and I think is going to be popular, but not nearly like I think. I think getting leverage off of like Kelsey Mahomes uh, is going to be more valuable than what you're giving up by going with Williams, who I don't know. We're projecting right now is like a popular uh back but certainly not chalk by by any stretch of the imagination um so yeah that that would be kind of how i would want to approach the game uh being being underweight on mahomes uh kelsey types and uh being overweight on like williams washington washington pass catcher brandon what what are your thoughts on is is this game avoidable in whole like stewart's bringing the the theory that to get more leverage just like don't play it as a stack play these secondary combinations even if you're playing like Nicole Hardman Diami Brown Adam Humphreys I mean the guys that would like siphon off production from the higher owned obviously higher price players or do you think there's a path on this slate where you play no one from this game well my preference is to play the game in tournaments I I have a lot of guys that I like this week that are low priced, low ownership in other games. And um, I'm going to be playing a lot from this game and I'm going to be playing a lot of the obvious guys. Um, Not getting especially tricky. I think Hill, Kelsey, McLaurin, Mahomes, like I'm going to play a lot of the obvious plays from this game um, and just eat the ownership knowing that um, I have some plays that I like in other games that are going to be low owned. Um, but that would just be the like only your, reason, Brandon, just like right? your MLB approach, right? I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat the chalk on the, on the pitcher that's going to get it done and, and take my variance elsewhere. Um, would you the, rather do it from the Mahomes side or the Heineke side? Cause I think, I think, uh, a lot of people, if you say that you have like these these lower owned, lower priced wide receivers, like you're more inclined to play Mahomes in the quarterback slot than hope that Heineke is going to be QB one on the slate. But I think a lot of people are going to try to do it the, do it the opposite way with Heineke and then play a six K wide receiver that has a higher ceiling. So based on your approach, I, I'm I'm assuming that like your number one stack will be Mahomes plus like. If you do a three plus one, like Mahomes plus Hardman plus Kelsey plus McLaurin, like something like that, then rather than use Heineke in order to pay up elsewhere for like a one-off. Yeah, that's my plan. That's my plan. Uh, kind of go the obvious way and take take Mahomes. We've we've talked a bit about my my changing rationales, my changing strategies as it relates to quarterback. Um, But the short of it is that I pay up for quarterback in big field tournaments far more than I used to. Um, And it basically relates to the idea that the site pricing has not really caught up with the way the NFL is enforcing rules. And the way the NFL is enforcing rules has really like made wide receivers better plays and quarterbacks better plays. And then you add to that the fact that the talent level we have at quarterback now with, with Kyler and, and with Mahomes, with Lamar, like it's something different than we've seen before with Josh Allen. Like it's, these guys are putting up big, big numbers and you put, you put those things together. And the fact that the sites have not adjusted the pricing that much and what it means is that first of all, the quarterbacks have ceilings that they've never had before where they can put up 
40 for 8K or what have you. And that is still gives your lineup the overall upside that it needs to win a tournament. Um, but also it gives you um, expected points per dollar that um, tend to be better than they are for the lower price quarterbacks. Um, like if you look at it this week, just for instance, you have say, uh, I'm just looking at a, at an average of um, projections right now. And for, for QB on DraftKings, you've got Mahomes projecting at roughly uh, 3.2 DraftKings points uh, per dollar, per salary dollar. And when you compare that to plays at other positions, like Derrick Henry, say, or, or Najai Harris, the, these guys that are pretty good plays, they're getting two and a half fantasy points per dollar. And when you compare it to the top wide receivers, the top wide receivers are getting 2.8 uh, DraftKings per fantasy dollar. So you're getting, you're getting more bang for the buck if you, as it were with your, with the quarterback. And therefore I'm more willing to allocate salary dollars there. Um, the pricing sort of has to be this way because wide receivers being more volatile, they would be too good of tournament plays if they, if they matched QBs um, for uh, fantasy points per salary dollar. But Nonetheless, I, this is all a long way of saying that I am going to be playing a lot of Mahomes and I am going to be playing this game a good bit and in a straightforward way. Stuart, would you, would you agree with me? I'm not saying that I'm doing this, but wouldn't the best leverage play in this game be Antonio Gibson? Yeah, I mean, that checks out. Uh, I think he projects quite favorably. Um, would I you mean, be... people are going to avoid playing, I mean... People like playing Antonio Gibson, but they're going to look at, you know, six and a half point underdogs. Typically McKissick plays the pass catching type of downs, a two minute offense. But like what the the Chiefs aren't good. This I mean, aren't as good this year as people think they are. Maybe their defense tends to just be a sieve. Like who says that Washington isn't the one leading this game? Yeah. And that's certainly uh, like Washington is one of the more run heavy you know, run over expectation teams in the league. So, uh, you know, I do think if you get kind of the unexpected game script that that would check out. And uh, I don't know, to me, it seems like if you're playing Gibson, you do want to try to bring him back, you know, bring back someone on the Kansas city side, or are you just Xing out Kansas city in an effort to, you know, avoid essentially correlated outcomes with Mahomes, who's going to be popular. Well, I think I think Gibson is going to be low enough to own that I don't mind, you know, Kelsey at a at a weak tight end position or a Hardman or like, I think it's it's more likely that, I think I think people underestimate how spread out the Chiefs' offense really is. If he's Jordy Fortson catching touchdowns, Hardman <laughs> yeah. getting more uh, targets, Demarcus Robinson, Josh Gordon now getting some more snaps. That I think a lot of it. Essentially, like, I don't mind Hill because at 8,500, I don't think he's going to be the most pop. I think he's going to be the fifth most popular piece in this game. I think the most popular piece is Kelsey. The second most is Daryl Williams. The third would be Mahomes as the quarterback. The fourth be Hardman and the fifth be Hill because it's just hard to fit Hill into anything. So like, like to me, if I could, if, if that production gets spread out enough, like Hill's 8,500. So like Hill getting 23 points ain't, ain't going to win you a GPP. Kelsey putting up 17 may not kill me. Daryl Williams putting up 16 may not kill. Like it's, it's quite possible that the Chiefs still get 30 points come from behind in a win. Antonio Gibson has two touchdowns and 120 yards rushing. And really like the Chiefs are, aren't necessary pieces. So like yeah. I'm not I'm not inclined specifically that if Antonio Gibson has a big game, well now Mahomes has to chuck the ball. I mean, the, the, if anything, I maybe pair them with Hardman, play with a cheaper piece, and just hope that that the cheaper pieces eat into the production enough. But I, I'm still with Brandon. Like like there's enough there's enough low owned high upside plays on the rest of the slate that you know I was going through earlier today just you know mock building lineups. 
using, you know, our current projections, our current ownership. And there were just as many Mahomes, like straightforward Mahomes lineups that project and, and are owned at similar levels as really contrarian stacks that include some of the higher priced one-offs and the higher owned one-offs that like, if, if you wanted to X out this game, you could make a good enough lineup. If you don't, if you want to play this straightforward, you can make about the same EB lineup also. So like, I'm not, I'm not purposely avoiding this game. And I don't even, I don't even know if I'm purposely being like under on the game. I think this is the type of game where uh, if I'm building 150 lineups that I'm like not capping anything and just like wherever these guys fit, they fit. And if I, if I get 8% Tyreek Hill and 22% Kelsey and uh, 14% Daryl Williams or something like whatever it is, like just slot them in. But like, I'm not building my entire build around this game that I think that Brandon might be doing. Like you're going, you're probably Brandon going more out of your way to say, I'm devoting most of my, a, a large portion of your portfolio into many variations of this game. Well, I'm thinking more of the uh, realm of focusing on other games and then using the pieces uh, from the Chiefs watching the game as kind of like the build around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking like for GPP strategy, I like I like the approach. If if it's say 20% up top for a win, I like being heavy in this game. If it's something outrageous like 50% uh, up top for a win, then maybe I won't be on this game. I'm going to have sort of two different types of lineups, like the the very obvious uh, stacks in this game and then something – uh, much more contrarian all around. Okay, let's go to the next game on the docket. It is the Chargers at the Ravens. 52 and a half total. That's up one point since open. The Ravens are a two and a half point favorite with a 27.5 implied team total. The Chargers with a 20, uh, 25 even implied team total, uh, especially after this last week, right? We saw on, uh, on Monday night uh, with, uh, with Lamar, like going nuclear in that game. The Ravens passing a lot more. Uh, the Chargers putting up a lot of points in that game against the Browns. The Chargers naturally kind of like, they want you to run the ball. Uh, the projections in this game currently are not the greatest. Like obviously there's a ceiling to all these players. Eckler, Andrews, Allen, Brown, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. We don't know the status of Sammy Watkins. Uh, so, and obviously Lamar and Herbert have 40 plus point ceilings, uh, from a median perspective, this, I mean, it, it, it's not as good as the other, some of the other games on the slate, but I, you have to be interested in a game that has like a 50 plus point total with a Russian quarterback and a, and a chargers team who's more likely to throw the ball 40 to 45 times, uh, in the game. So Stuart, based on your, your, your current your current models, uh, like like, how do you pay eighty one hundred for Mike Williams? But I mean, Mike Williams could easily put up forty points in this game. Like it, it, it feels as if I'm more likely to play like a single stack of like Lamar plus Andrews plus Keenan Allen, like something like that in this game, than than really go anywhere else. Because really, from a medium perspective, Mike Williams at eighty one hundred seems quite overpriced. Yeah, I, I am a bit concerned about you know, the, just the value on the Los Angeles side, uh, I guess, specifically Mike Williams. And uh, I think just like the ownership on Lamar and Andrews are, are going to be pretty difficult for me. And my preference would be, at least as of now, is looking like uh, just taking like individual pieces like Eckler or Keenan Allen. I think those are shining as the uh, kind of best value spots in this game. Um, I think part, part of that just shaking out the way it is, is that, the the current, current kind of process I have for, you know, as of now, uh, is quite high on some of the other like middling, uh, total games. And I think that's probably squeezing out some of these, uh, you know, the, the, this, this game in particular, which is like high total, but not superb value. And, uh, I would say pretty high projectable ownership. Uh, particularly from the Baltimore side, uh, 
So I, I think my preference would just be to get like uh, just an individual uh, value piece, like take Eckler as a one-off, take uh, Keenan as a one-off um, and try to game stack elsewhere. Brandon, how much uh, one-offs of a Marquise Brown are you going to have? Because you, you always like him under 6K. But are, would you be concerned about playing Marquise Brown one-offs when Lamar Jackson figures to be one of the highest-owned quarterbacks on the slate? Um, no, I would be okay with it. Um, I, I do like Marquise Brown just based on his, his profile, his distribution of fantasy points. Um, he is a good tournament play. Um, I thought he looked very sharp in the, in the last game. Um, he looks like very healthy, very fast, very motivated, um, for what that's worth. It did seem like, uh, Lamar was the offensive line was troubled. Um, I don't think I'm going to play a lot of Lamar this week. Um, but I would be okay with brown one-offs how about how about on the herbert side um i i think that's that's a fine play i'm not i'm not doing it personally but um i look the guy has so much talent he's very clearly like a top five qb and he can go off at any moment so it's it's totally reasonable yeah but you're you seem similar to me that that this game, I think, is going to be overowned for what the potential of it could be. But I still don't mind getting some of these individual pieces. And it seems like at 8,100, if I have 150 lineups, I'm going to have like maybe, maybe I end up with three Mike Williams one off lineups. And uh, I almost want to just X him out and just hope he doesn't kill me because I had zero Mike Williams last week. And uh, no, that didn't go well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly going to stay away. Um, I personally, um, I'm doing a lot of Mahomes, and then, um, I, I have some cheaper quarterbacks that I'll, I'll play in my contrarian lineups. Talk about it later. Okay. Go on to the, the next game on the docket. We got the Cowboys at the Patriots. Game opened at 48. It's now up to 51. Cowboys are a three and a half point favorite. They have a 27.25 implied team total. The Patriots with a 23.75 implied team total. Uh, based on the way that these two teams play, I wouldn't have guessed this game would have a 51 total. But I'm not the type of person that uh, that questions uh, uh, betting markets uh, most often than not when it refers to using them to play DFS. Uh, Jacoby Myers may be a little bit owned. Amari Cooper at 6,000 may be a little bit owned. But for the most part, I mean, I I don't think Prescott and definitely not Mac Jones are going to be owned in this game. We have to see the status of Damian Harris to see if he's going to play. If not, maybe Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson gets a little bit of ownership. You know, Ezekiel Elliott, we still only have it like 5%. For a 51-team total, Stewart. I mean, some of these guys like don't project all that. I mean, the projections aren't all that great for this game, but it's very similar to the, like from a total as a game, price-wise and all things combined, it's very, to me, I view it similar to the Chargers-Ravens game. And that game is going to be like five times more owned than this game. Am I nuts to to say that, why, why is the game a 51? Like I would have literally expected this game to have like a 44, 45 point total. But if, if the, the number's gone up three points, why aren't they playing Prescott, Cooper, Schultz? Why aren't they playing uh, with a Myers run back? Why aren't they playing Mac Jones in this? You know, yeah. Why not? I, I, nothing. I mean, play Hunter Henry, Mac Jones, and Jacoby Myers with a Mari Cooper run back or a CeeDee Lamb run back. Like, none of these guys are going to be owned enough that, like, any combination like that, like the rest of my lineup, I could just jam in the best projections and – I think I'm good. So am, am, am I weird here to kind of people may expect this game to be slow and low scoring, but if the betting markets have their way, this is the third highest total on the slick. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't hate like the game environment. I am a little concerned about the 
uh, value on the Dallas side, like in previous weeks, I think there's just been really great value and I'm not, don't really feel the way that way this week, but uh, I, I definitely don't hate the new England side. I mean, I think it's uh, not like the greatest ceiling with, you know, you could go like Jones plus Jacoby plus, you know, I guess like Johnny Smith or, um, you know, or Hunter Henry or something like that. Uh, but I just, I think like for me, the, the, Minimal ownership. You got a good matchup going up against Dallas. Um, I mean, and, and I think there are compelling bring back options, like you said. I mean, Schultz, I, I really like, although he's going to be tough to fit in uh, with, you know, if you're playing one of the New England tight ends. Uh, of course, the receivers on the outside for Dallas are, uh, you know, high, high upside plays. Um, my, my preference would be, though, to, to look at it from the New England side. Uh, they're they're showing up as one of the higher rated uh, kind of team stacks uh, in our model, and certainly uh, one of the higher rated like low ownership uh, stacks uh, in our uh, simulation. Brandon, are, are are you of the same opinion of me that like at first look, using using our like football sense, like it doesn't seem like this game has like the ceiling as a whole to like beat out the Chiefs. Washington game yet from a total perspective compared to the prices of these players like if you want to believe in the efficient market hypothesis like is it weird is it weird for me to think that maybe at the levels of ownership that this game is going to have why not take a shot and if you if you're concerned about Mac Jones I mean if the Cowboys come out and throw the ball like Dak Prescott has a 40 point I mean Dak Prescott has shown to have a 40 plus point ceiling it's just that they've been running the ball other than the first game against the Buccaneers. They've been mostly a run heavy type of offense. Is this, is this the type of week where in large field GPPs uh, everyone expects them to continue that trend and they just bucket and, you know, they're up against the Patriots and Bill Belichick's planning to, you know, put eight guys in the box or something. And then they just go out and throw the ball 42 times. Am I, am I nuts to consider that, at this ownership, why not take a shot at that happening? Yeah, I think I think it's a good play, um, and it's also worth noting that um, the four PM games are going to be short on good plays, um, and so it gives you a little bit of strategic flexibility if you choose to <clears throat> target this game more than more than other people do. I mean, even. For instance, even if you only played one player here where other people were playing mostly zero, um, it gives you a little bit of strategic flexibility. Um, I think the way ownership shapes up this week, you will have um, almost all the ownership on the 1 p.m. game. So it's going to be a, a, a strange week. And there are like substitution ranges so like um right around seven thousand you could play um lamb elliot chubb waller hunt in the late games but like you can just sort of i don't know about you but i i sort of enjoy like the strategy of the winner take all tournaments so i like to play the winner take all tournaments and i it's very valuable in those to have the um strategic flexibility where you for instance like can make that late game pivot to something that you're sure someone else is not on. Um, but um, yeah, I think in terms of like focusing on this game for a stack, I, I do think it could be a good play. Now, Stuart, if you were, let's say, deciding to um, focus on this game, what, what of the correlations suggest are, um, good pairings it does seem like a week where um maybe some of these double stack possibilities are are reasonable do you think what do you what do we know offhand about the lamb cooper correlations there it's pretty um we would not want to pair them in general right yeah pulling it up now i mean they do have decent positive correlation plus uh 
plus nearly 0.3 dating back to uh, last year. I mean, they've had pretty good, like coincided, coincident, um, not as in they're a coincident, but they coincide, like realized ceilings. I mean, we have uh, earlier this year, opening weekend, uh, looks like, you know, uh, Cooper for 42, Lamb for 26. So they've, let's see, touched. That's a combined up over 68. Uh, they've combined for nearly 62 uh, before in 2020, gone up against Cleveland, uh, no overtime, no overtime games. Like I do think they have a fairly achievable uh, ceiling. Um, so I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily one to avoid. Um, yeah. I mean, that would get you there. Obviously if you got, if you got close to 40 from Dak and, 62 combined or 68 combined neither are priced so strongly so that would get you there the tight ends um personally uh, this is one of these things where like week six is a little bit of a sample but not quite enough of a sample um we've personally i'm not convinced that like schultz is the guy over jarwin there's a tendency to convince ourselves of that based on the short sample but um i wouldn't i wouldn't play those guys in like an important lineup personally um so i would prefer like the the premium dallas pairing like the lamb cooper pairing what other what pairings on new england make sense like a like a john who's What's the correlation it's, with Janu? I mean, it's hard to say. Yet. With we don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. There's no sample. I mean, I think one thing that does stand out: both Cooper and Lamb have strong positive correlations with just cumulative uh, offensive scoring that opposes them. So, uh, I think like it's not not like rocket science here. But if you are stacking Lamb, Cooper, Dak, I think you do need to uh, you know strongly consider bringing back uh, a New England New England side. I think if this game gets to the point where there's no value on the new England side, you're, you're going to be sunk kind of as is with, with those three uh, premium Dallas guys is I think there's a decent chance they go pretty run heavy. Um, Let's go to the next game on the docket, which is also another late game. This game opened at 54. It's now down to 49 and a half. It's the Cardinals at the Browns. The Browns are a three point favorite 26.25 implied team total. 23.25 for the Arizona Cardinals. Now looking at projections currently on Thursday, uh, the game, this game is going to be uh, fair, pretty low owned, but uh, as of right now, I do not have a single player in this game that has a positive salary adjusted value. Like not, it's not a single player because he got Chubb and Hunt, 7,200, 6,200. You know, they vulture each other, the production there. Uh, Chase Edmonds is up to 5,600 and, and obviously you have James Conner at 5,500 stealing goal line touches. Uh, the Cleveland passing game is seems, seems to be all over the place. The Cardinals passing game is all over the place. Uh, Stewart, am, am I, am I nuts to say that? Like I've tried to build these lineups. I built lineups earlier today. The lineups that play like a three plus one of this come in like easily six or seven points lower projected than any other lineup that I can make. I can't, I mean, other than for strategic reasons, being that it's late, right? That it's one of the three late games. uh, It's quite possible I may not have any Murray, any Mayfield. And like, maybe I could get Sitter Kyler Murray because, I mean, he hasn't run much this year. But I mean, he does have a ceiling, but they're actually the dog in this game. I'd much rather play Kyler Murray when he has a 27, 28, 29 implied total. Uh, am, am I am I nuts? Just like am I nuts in the Cowboys Patriots game? Am I nuts that even though this game you know is now a forty nine and a half that like I really don't have interest in I, I I barely have interested in a lot of these people as one offs. Yeah, I I think th- that all makes sense, and I'm like looking through our projections as well and seeing pretty weak projections across the board. Um, I do kind of like this game. I mean, <laughs> it's the Browns um, that you have, right? It's the Browns. You got to always like the Browns game. I, I, I prefer actually the Arizona side. I think, um, 
I don't know. Kyler's just got got that huge ceiling in him. Uh, I think he's not going to generate much ownership, uh, really hardly any. Um, you know, no Max Williams, so maybe a few extra targets uh, here and there. Um, so I do, I do kind of like, like say Kyler, uh, Kyler, mm, sorry, Kyler, Rondale Moore, uh, like Hopkins, <clears throat> or you know, some like Kyler, Kyler, uh, 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 Kyler, Kyler Moore, uh, Chase Edmonds. <clears throat> so the secondary piece is not necessarily like playing the big stack with Hopkins and then like running it back with Chubb. Like if you get like, oh. I can understand if, if I, maybe I end up with some lineups that look more like that, like look more like uh Murray Moore Hooper or, you know, like something where I'm not spending that much on the total game stack rather than just, I mean, like if you do Murray Hopkins Chubb, like dude, that stack is like, that's like more expensive than the chief stack. I mean, like, like, why don't I just play the Chiefs Washington game at that point? No, no, I'm looking at stuff like uh, like R- Rondell Moore. I kind of like is just a a valuable piece, uh, just given his price p- potential role. Um, you know, looking at stuff like Kyler Moore, I could even do like Kyler Moore Hopkins um, running it back with like Odell or Hooper, uh, or even going from the Cleveland side, something like Baker. Hooper Odell or Baker Hunt Odell come back with like Rondale Moore. Uh, That that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, It's really just the way kind of it's coming out uh, in in our stuff. Like, uh, you know, I think there's a, yeah, relatively low value um, for this game, but just given the ownership uh, and just kind of the the distribution of outcomes that that we have on some of these guys uh, showing up as, a positive, not like, not like the greatest game, but certainly a game that I would put kind of a small plus uh, next to. Brandon, outside of ownership, is this game appealing to you? Um, not really. I think it started out as a low value game. And then I'm guessing that the, they're projecting some bad weather. I'm guessing that's why the total has fallen. Um, tough to peg the individual pieces. I, I th- in, in large field tournaments, I think like Chubb or Hunt, especially Chubb would be a good play just because the ownership has been low on those guys. People are people shy away from them based on the split workload. So um, I think there are some fine tournament plays, but I, I really won't be on the game much. Okay, so because Cleveland does the bad weather should uh, deter you. And because Cleveland does run the ball so much, it just, it does limit the upside of all the individual pieces in the game. Um, You can take your chances on say Chubb in a tournament. Um, And at the new price, I do think it's wise to take a scattering of Odell if the weather turns decent. just based on the price and what we know the opportunity is. Um, he, in terms of the stats, I love Odell, but he's overowned because of the highlight reels. And if you look at the number of games where he's logged tournament winning performances, like the number of times that he's been in like a tournament winning lineup. I think it's like two, two times career. Like it's, <laughs> he has not been a good fantasy play. If you've played him a lot, he has, he has really been a very bad fantasy play, um, especially relative to his ownership. But all that said, uh, I think that at the new price, you can take some shots. Okay, now let's look at some of the other games on the slate that don't make some of the higher totals. Uh, the next highest total and the second highest implied total uh, uh, team total on the slate is my favorite stack as of right now of the week, and that is the Rams at the Giants. Uh, the main reason is, number one, the Rams' high implied team total, almost as close to the Chiefs. Uh, 
The highest owned running back on the slate is most likely going to be Daryl Henderson at 6,000. We have him currently projected for about 25, 24, 25% ownership. Uh, then completely negatively correlated to that would be why not? Why aren't they playing Stafford plus one of Copper Woods plus Higby or, you know, plus Van Jefferson at 3,400? Why can't they just double stack Stafford? And the Giants, that they could just throttle the Giants through the air also. I mean, like, <laughs> like, and, and also depending on uh, the injuries for the Giants, like Sterling Shepard may be back and he's 5,000 and Slayton may be back and he's 3,800. I mean, maybe I don't play Kadarius Tony and people go with the recency vibes. Oh, now Shepard and Slayton are back and people are going to play a $5,600 Kadarius Tony. I'm not. Or are they going to play Devontae Booker at 5,400? Maybe this is the time since everyone's playing Kelsey, you play Evan Ingram as, as you, as your run back and hope that he finally gets there once in his career. Uh, I think from a leverage and an upside standpoint, uh, you could kill 25% of the lineups. If Daryl Henderson just goes, you know, 15 for 60 with no touchdowns and the, the Rams just get there through the air. Like I get the high, I get the, one of the highest stacks of the slate and I kill 25% of the lineups at the same time, Brandon. And, and I, I'll say it is the third time I'll say it. Am, am I nuts for thinking that this is from a, from a value versus ownership that if you're going to pivot from the chiefs, why can't I play Daryl Williams in this lineup? Like play, play for Daryl Williams to get a hundred yards and two touchdowns take, take away from the, the Chiefs stack. And then stack this the passing game in this in this game, which takes away from Daryl Henderson, who's more likely to be in Mahomes, Kelsey stacks like the other way around. To me, like the logic, it 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 probably won't work out, but but the logic kind of like from the construction of the lineup, from a relative value standpoint, like makes sense to me. And the lineups actually project well. Like I'm not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like if I take out. uh, Daryl Henderson and I play the Stafford stack and Daryl Williams that li- that lineup they project and are owned as much as if I played a Mahomes stack, but I think less people are going to be doing this. Are you on board? Yeah, I I could be talked into it. I think the um, the issue is that. I agree with the fading Henderson bit more than the play play the Rams. Um, so if you it, faded Henderson, in, you intuitively like intuitively you you don't want a clock burn you don't want a clock burning game. You never want on a big slate like this a game that goes into clock burning territory, right? And the spread is telling you that it's going to. Uh, struggle to stay close and um how does that's it that's why that's why you play against <laughs> right? like how does how you win I, tournaments brandon no i i right? I, you I, think that maybe the giants keep it close enough well daniel jones probably plays it's not mike glennon mike why can't the giants your, keep it close make enough? your statement there um i don't know make your statement there a fate of henderson I guess is a strong enough statement for me. Okay, but because Henderson's popular because he's he's good value. He's been a bit of a bell cow, and the game script is likely to suit him. Um, so if you're fading you Henderson, that means you think it's not Henderson. That you're going for the not, not of that game script. So what yeah. would be the opposite of that game script? The Giants keeping it close and the Rams passing the ball more. Yeah. So I'm I'm just saying consider the middle solution of making your statement by uh, fading Henderson. Stuart, are you with me? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I think I'm uh, team team Jordan here, and just kind of the thinking of yeah. I mean, I, I love this Ram stack. Uh, Stafford, he can go Cup Woods. You know, I think Higby's a good leverage spot against the likely popular combos of like Mahomes, Kelsey, or or Lamar Andrews. Um, I mean, just Vegas looking at the implied total for the Giants. Like, I mean, I guess we just really. I mean, the Rams are a good defense to me. I, I just like assuming that Jones plays and he gets like Shepard and Slayton back. Like, I don't, to me, like, I, 
a 10 point a 10 point uh spread in favor of the rams seems... at home at home nonetheless right because these does he's they're a home yeah. dog by 10 points it, it just I, to me I, I i do wonder if i don't know i just kind of expect this game to be closer and like the giants let down uh will let down me and many other you know cowboy uh stackers last week um but, they, you know, everyone got injured. I mean, they had nobody. And I think they're just going to have, you know, the full kind of uh, team back. Of course, minus Saquon, but like, I'm not. Minus Galladay super... also. I mean, that, I mean, it's not the full team. Oh, yeah. But I think, I mean, I, I think. It's not, it's not going to be John Ross and CJ Board as their wide receivers. Yeah. And, and you know, assuming Jones plays, I mean, to me, like this, this game environment that's kind of being projected is almost like conditional uh, it almost is structured as if the expectation is jones won't play but i, I i'm working on the assumption that he will um yeah i, I don't really have too much more to add I, I think um you kind of said how i'm thinking about the game jordan you know i think uh great leverage against henderson uh the the rams passing attack can get there in the game environment that vegas is currently projecting um, and I think also there's a pretty decent chance that uh, the game is more competitive and the Rams aren't going to skew as pass heavy um, as expected. I mean, both these teams, at least from the metrics I'm looking at, uh, kind of uh, passing slightly above uh, expectations. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a really great game environment um, and given, well, not great. I mean, it's obviously not like they just, it's not going to make up for the what four point or six point difference in total that we're seeing between this game and say like, you know, the, the, the best game environment of KC Washington. But to me like this, I, I, I kind of would have this game environment, like right up in there with, uh, you know, some of these other ones mentioned like LA Baltimore, um, you know, Arizona, Cleveland. I think it's really a, a good spot and uh, really, really like the Los Angeles uh, passing stack. Brandon, are there any other games that you're looking at as a stat? Um, yeah, I'm going to play some some Carson Wentz. Um, the uh, Houston defense has been quite weak, and um, I could see I could see Wentz uh, coming off. We have we don't have a great sample on him recently because he's been injured and. Um, this is the freshest he's going to be. Um, and he's not getting T.Y. Hilton back, right? Um, I don't think so. I mean, as far, as far as I can tell, no. I don't think he's coming off the IR. We don't, cur- we don't currently have him in the projections. Yeah. But if he wasn't getting what, who are you going to pair him with? Are you going to tell like Pittman plus Moali Cox or something? I mean, like, who's the second? Would you just single stack him? Why? What's the second guy? Or do you play? Yeah, I, I, I would just, um, I would just pair him with Pittman. Um, I think that it's really just going for a different lineup construction where the, the top QB plays do not reach their ceiling. They do not reach 40 points or close to 40 points. And if that happens, then it's very likely that um, your winning construction will be pay down at quarterback. And one of the low owned kind of 5,500 type quarterbacks that happens to get low thirties, that's, that's what your winning lineup looks like. So you're just sort of playing for that outcome. You don't have to get, get the stack perfect. Um, but I think do you, like, do you run the Colts back with Brandon Cooks on the other side? Yeah, I would I would tend to do that. So I would I would play that sort of obvious stack of Wentz Pittman run back cooks. Because I mean there is there is a reasonable chance that um that the the cheap quarterback construction is a good play. We do have a lot of high price running backs and high price wide receivers in really good spots. And if the, if the Mahomes and Kyler's of the world don't go off, then it's likely that you'll want an outperforming cheap QB with some expensive uh, running backs and receivers. Stuart, is there any other game that you're looking at? Um, not so much from a 
team stacking uh, perspective, but I like the opportunity for secondary stacks between this Detroit Minnesota game. Uh, Not yet. You know, I think Carolina Minnesota. I'm sorry. Sorry, Detroit Cincinnati. Um, okay, that game. Okay. Um, you know, I talented receivers on the Cincinnati side. Uh, like you know, like the value in Swift. Um, Jamal Williams, I think, is interesting as kind of a deep uh, dart throw type play, but he's had you know not a terrible kind of rush uh, role. He's actually, I mean, outrushed us with the last two games. His pass catching role has been kind of down relative to what we're used to seeing. Um, but 4,900, I mean, super cheap. Uh, imagine he won't get a ton of ownership as I think people are going to gravitate towards like Daryl Williams. Um, well, also, I think a lot of people are going to play uh, Swift. Swift, yeah, so, sure. I mean, right. So obviously uh, Jamal Williams is, is direct negative, you know, yeah. correlation to Swift. So if Jamal Williams happens to be the one to get, you know, the work and the touchdowns, if the Lions are leading especially, uh, which I mean, they're not predicted to, Uh but no, no, I see. I this this is the game where I think Burrow is going to be overowned because uh, the people are going to make Burrow plus Chase plus Boyd plus Higgins plus whatever type of things run it back with Swift. I think that I I don't mind those stacks. I just think they're they're overowned. Uh, weird for me to say that. Like I almost prefer golf, right? I almost yeah. prefer making golf Amon Ross St. Brown plus T.J. Hawkinson. And then run it back with Joe Mixon, like do the complete opposite of what other people are doing. And if I don't do that, then you just second down. Like I like I like the secondaries. I like the Mixons. I like the 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 Detroit receivers to be leveraged off of Swift and Mixon to be leveraged off of the Bengals wide receivers. But uh, the stacking combinations I think will be a slightly overall, maybe not golf. Uh, 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 Brandon, is Amon Ross St. Brown one of your chief wide receivers? No. No. Oh, no. I thought I got one. No. You said you I, got some cheap wide receivers for us. Yeah, but um, I was just looking at the mid price, like guys like like Pittman and Oh, that's not cheap. Corlin Sutton. What and, neighborhood do you grow up in? That's not that you're you're going to Whole Foods. I'm going to, I'm going to. Aldi or whatever, I, right? Come on, I'm going to the farmer's market for my receipt. Well, to be honest, I've been looking eight hundred dollars. I've been looking a bit, I, I, been a a bit more. I, okay, I've been looking a bit more at um, Fanduel this week, to be honest. But um, in terms of the three to four K DraftKings guys, um, I think I think Waddle. Okay, he's a bit above that range at the. 49 well, waddle isn't on the slate oh, oh waddle's on the, he's on the early slate i was gonna say um i think we, it's worth spending a bit of time we kind of glossed over on the kc side if you're gonna go over the if, if you're gonna go for one of the non-obvious stacks uh what is the way to play it historically hardman has been the guy but now the situation is more complicated who who do you see are the the plays if you're going to go cheap at at KC. I think personally, it's kind of only Hardman because Gordon, it doesn't seem like he can get there and Pringle is not viable for me. So that would be hard. It'd be Hardman and Williams. Yeah. I don't see anything um, wrong with that using one of them. Yeah. I mean, we also have some cheap receivers. I mean, I'm going through, I'm going to go through uh, what we currently have projected at wide receiver just by RGV and find anyone that's under 5K. I mean, the number one under 5K in our in our uh, salary adjusted value plus minus is Amon Ross St. Brown. Then we got, uh, let's see, under 5K, Hunter Renfro. I could see where the ceiling doesn't exist kind of there. Uh, Robbie Anderson, maybe he, maybe maybe Robbie Anderson. Yeah. I think uh, Darnell Mooney, good tournament play, right? Darnell Mooney, Nelson Aguilar, 4,000. I mean, these are guys that can catch 60 yard passes. I mean, that we got, we got some cheap options, but I mean, we got Dan, some cheap. Dan Jefferson, if you wanted to. Yeah. Okay. Now, now yeah, Brandon, you're coming to the dollar tree with us. Finally. Okay. 
Right. It's like Michael Pittman at 5,500 is a cheap wide receiver. And look, I mean, Odell Beckham, to be fair, is 5,100 on DraftKings. Right, but that's not cheap. When we say cheap wide receivers, okay, okay, okay. 4K range or below. I mean, come come to the ghetto where we live. Come on. Are are we putting any uh, manual boosters in for the Amon Ross St. Brown uh, Oktoberfest narrative? Uh, You know that him and Equinemius are both German? really yeah yeah i think i think their father uh one of their parents is german and maybe even a professional athlete uh uh so so there is a sneaky uh uh amon ra and equinemius uh oktoberfest uh correlation narrative that that we could be deploying um so you know something to keep in mind i i'm still working and fitting that into our model but um Brandon, yeah. I, I got one last thing uh, to wrap things up. One person that we have not mentioned this entire show, because we haven't mentioned that game, is uh, what is your priority in playing Devontae Adams at 9,000? Um, I think it's a fine play. It, well, it's sort of obviously a fine play based on historical data and price. Um, the question is, at the ownership, do you, do you want to be in a crowded space? And um, I don't really have a sense of what the ownership will be because he's got a lot of competition, right? This KC game, a lot of people will go to Hill and Kelsey that eats up a lot of salary. So um, I still, I still, really, we have really him, just we have him really just 21. We have him, we have him pretty high. So I 21? think yeah, I, he, we have him as the highest, the highest owned wide receiver on the slate. I'm not afraid of 21. And I, also, also, I think I'm not afraid. Like Devonte, if Devonte Adams gets 26 points, like he's not going to be necessary. Like the Devonte Adams has to put up 35, 40, 45 points at 9,000 to be like, okay, now I'm now I'm scared. Now, out of all the wide receivers that we have, obviously he's the one that could put it up. You know, that most likely to. But I think from a lineup construction pers- pers- uh, perspective, that unless you're unless you're getting thirty five plus from Adams, I think he, he, he's 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 not going to be in the optimal lineup. Like he's like he may he can may I be do, can I disagree lineup, can I disagree with you on this point for for a moment because we we have five minutes to debate it since this this was our last game to cover right? I sure, yes. Okay, so let's debate this. Okay. Um, you, you don't, you shouldn't need this week 35 from Devante um, to play him. It, it would be, um, let's just take, for instance, a 1,000 person tournament, okay? Because that's probably like around the average size people might be considering not a million people play much bigger tournaments oh oh, okay 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 but like i'm talking i'm you're speaking millionaire maker only i'm I'm speaking like i'm speaking the slant which is still like what sixty thousand entry i'm still i still a large field maybe not the milli but not not the smallest not if i consider the small the smallest field that i'll play like as a normal it would be the spy and that's still five thousand entries so like when I look at Devonte Adams, I go unless he puts up thirty five, like I don't think I need him. Like I think I could get those points. I, I'm I'm not going to need the nuts. But I mean, in a thousand person contest, yeah, with the thirty five points, you could win with that because you know the winning score in that contest may be thirty points lower than the slants winning lineup. So I I, I yeah. get I get your it's all contest specific. Understand that like I'm typically in this show I'm I'm gearing it towards like. The, the small field, the small entry, large field types contest, the, the Millie, the slant, the play action, you know, contests where, where it's not nuts to go. I'm going to fade the chiefs, fade Daryl Henderson and play a Mac Jones stack. Like obviously in a 500 person contest, like I'm nuts to do that. Like, I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. You, you only have to be concerned with the 35 kind of outcome. Um, if if the context is the millionaire maker, I think like this might be a week for millionaire maker strategy, where 
your best play is to go ahead and eat like Kelsey chalk at tight end because tight end is the one spot you have to play one guy. And we know based on the data that it can be hard for all of your lesser options to replicate even like a 65 percentile Kelsey week, right? Like it could, of so course, tell me that Evan Ingram's not going to score 28 points this week. Yeah, I mean, no, he's not. I, I'm, I'm kidding. I know he's not. I would say that, like, yeah, this this might be a week where it'd be okay to eat kind of that Kelsey chalk, and then for millionaire maker strategy, personally, this week I would kind of go with the low priced, low owned running back options and take your chances on one of those hitting um, and then be okay with some chalk at mid and expensive wide receiver. No, I could definitely say, I mean, that's typically how I build. I mean, you know, playing, playing those 5k, 6k, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Swift, Henderson, uh, Booker, Gibson, you know, Damian Williams, like that range, Devontae Williams, like you just hope for good running back variants. And then you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about the ghetto wide receivers, right? Right. You don't need to have Amon Ross St. Brown in your lineup, no matter if it's Oktoberfest or not. Yeah. It, week looks, it looks like a fun one. It looks pretty wide open. I like this slate. Stuart, I didn't expect the Oktoberfest narrative. <laughs> I mean, probably didn't know Amon St. Brown. Amon Ross St. Brown was German. Well, that that's what that's why you're paid the not you're paid the big bucks at Advanced Sports Analytics, so uh, people could get the uh, your stuff there as well as the Substack, which obviously we're a day early than we normally will record, so that that'll come out tomorrow. Uh, yep. So AdvancedSportsAnalytics.com, right? Yep. Twitter uh, AS Analytics DFS. Um, yeah, we'll have the Substack out tomorrow afternoon, probably um be updating projections to the weekend i mean i think there's it's definitely going to be you know stuff stuff could potentially change i mean it would be interesting to see what happens with cook i mean uh you know melvin gordon being ruled out i think would could open up you know some stuff with like javante williams and potentially las vegas so you know paying attention to the the giants injury stuff i do expect you know some stuff to move around as we approach sunday so yeah we'll be updating uh projections uh, tools, et cetera, uh, as that, as that stuff, uh, kind of comes out. Brandon, any, any poker challenges coming up? No, I'm, uh, got no poker until the main event. I'm going to be out there either, either like eight days before the main event or one day before the main event. So we'll, we'll see. And the, the, how long you're staying there. It depends on how long you go in the main event. Exactly. Okay. You could find Brandon Adams on Twitter. Also, all the links are in the show notes. Uh, like and subscribe if you're on youtube give me those thummy thumbs hit the thumbs up button subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell to know when we go live as always this show is in the daily fantasy football pod feed on roto grinders so subscribe on itunes rate and review it there and uh and for 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 Stuart gibson for brandon adams i'm jordan cooper and we'll see you next time on another edition of the advanced sports analytics show on rotogrinders.com